Welcome to the... What? I said... <laughs> oh, no. I said, okay, we're rolling. Welcome to the Office Hours Podcast. We believe every Christian adult should be a student of the Bible, literature, and history, and can learn to delight in the process of learning. On this podcast, we share bite-sized ideas, practical tips, and nuggets of good literature to whet your appetite. And we're talking about reading in this season, except today we're taking a little pause to talk about a new school to the Niagara region. We have promised that we would do a dedicated episode when, on... we, uh, when we talked about how we had done a thing. Oh yes, that's yeah. right. We, we've done a thing. Uh, the school is called Niagara Classical Academy, and I am very blessed to be sitting with the newly hired headmaster, who is also Ryan Harris. <laughs> so Hello. it's very convenient for this inter- interview. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to the interview, let me quickly ask you guys, what are you reading? Somebody has to I <laughs> have, uh, We have just finished a, uh, a book in the car with the kids, and we've moved on uh, to a re-listen of True Grit mm. uh, which, by mm. Charles Portis. Uh, this is probably most uh, well-known as the John Wayne movie, mm. but uh, it was a... John Wayne? Well, I didn't know <laughs> Only actually. one John Wayne movie? <laughs> the, the, the capital. It's not the John Wayne movie I think of. <laughs> oh, no. John Wayne, that's funny. Green Berets? Mm, no, um... Oh, I can't remember the title now anyways. All right. Well, we'll leave that where it is for now. Um, but uh, it's, a tr- it's a typical Western. It's, it's a yeah, Western. But well, uh, really great Western. Yeah. Excellent. And yeah. it's all told uh, through the, uh, the first person oh, yes, narrative right. of this uh, you know, really spunky, spirited girl, uh, 14 years old, Mattie Ross. So uh, great. She's the, uh, the narrator. And mm-hmm. although it, uh, it focuses on in the arguably the main character is this U.S. Marshal that she goes to hire to, uh, to track down the man who killed her father. Uh, it's all uh, delivered through Matty, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's very, very interesting. Uh, the reader, whose name I've not known, is uh, excellent. Yeah, our, our kids, this is the, at least the second or third time that the girls have wanted to listen to it. Yeah, so it's, so a, it's a good one. The movie's great, too, if you haven't seen the movie. No, but, I haven't. Um, that's a good one to uh, I found them relatively they faithful. They made a remake of it maybe 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's the one I'm referring uh, Jeff to. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, okay. Pretty good. Jeff Bridges is great. I am, or I just finished listening to a book that was also made into a movie. Uh, it's called 84 Charing Cross Road, and it is by... Helene Hanf. Um, it's a short little book, and it's a collection of actual letters between herself. She's a, a screen screenplay reader in New York, and it starts in, I think, the early 50s, and it's a 20-year friendship that developed between her and uh, a guy who worked at a second-hand bookstore in England. So, um, it's just the letters back and forth. The other people at the bookstore, um, get in on it too. And it's just this funny, interesting, real friendship, um, that could never happen nowadays because of Amazon and, <laughs> uh, shipping costs. But it's, uh, my mom and I watched the movie a couple weeks ago and, uh, it was, it was a fun, fun movie to watch with your mom. <laughs> is it epistolary? Like, is it? Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. It's, it's, mm. it's, yeah, the book itself is the actual letters. Mm. Um, and it's just, a, if you are a, a book, bookish type of person, uh, just for the atmosphere. And she's quite funny. She's, she's quite a good writer. Mm. So I, I enjoyed that. 
Well, there are some new recommendations for you all. Um, so we're, we're deviating a little bit from our normal course because we want to give our audience um, some information about this new school. We're excited for it. So Ryan, you've been hired as headmaster, um, but you've also been on the ground sort of since things began. That's right. Give me the very short story. You can't see, but I'm making a very small sign with my hand. Small <laughs> story, short story of how Niagara Classical came to be. It is a, uh, it is a long, crazy story. <laughs> I will try to keep short. Uh, we, so we are, we're here in the Niagara region, and since we, uh, since we moved here in 2018, uh, in the summer of 2018, our family has been homeschooling. Uh, we are, we're committed to a, a classical model. That was the, uh, the school that we were uh, connected to in Toronto, Westminster Classical, uh, connected to our church there, uh, where our oldest, our two girls, uh, had, had done a couple classes. So we, we really uh, got, uh, got bitten by this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the classical bug early on, you know, before, before our kids were school-aged. Mm-hmm which is the perfect time to get into it. And we have really, we've loved it. Uh, the, uh, the school was, was great for them. We were able to be involved in several different ways there. And we were really sad when we moved out this way uh, for work uh, to be stepping away from the school in particular. But we and uh, Rachel in particular and, and the kids have really thrived uh, in, in our homeschooling environment. But our oldest is in grade seven now, and we were connected to, we have a lot of friends, uh, whether through church or church adjacent, who, are, uh, who have been homeschooling as well. Uh, we've been able to, you know, to uh, participate with them, share the, some of the things that, uh, that we have picked up along the way, uh, and systematize and formalize some, some of that. And so... Right around this time last year, That's maybe right. 11 yes. months ago, wow. a bunch of us got together, uh, you were there, and several other families, kind of with, with kids in that same l- later elementary mm-hmm. uh, range. Uh, range, and we said, they just realized, uh, we're, our kids are not, are just, they're getting older, they're getting smarter, they're needing more uh, more time, more instruction time, mm-hmm. and more specialized instruction than we can give them. Mm-hmm. And so what are we, what are we going to do and when are we going to do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so out of that, you know, some people were committed to, to homeschooling and That's God fine. bless them for that. Some people uh, wanted to sort of do a homeschool hybrid or co-op kind of model. And a few of us got together and said, no, we, uh, we think that a, a day school is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And actually for our family, personally, we have five kids, um, like many of the, the families um, in our homeschool circle. Yeah, we're not exceptional in that. No, not at all. Um, but just recognizing that we were not actually personally itching for a day school model, but recognizing uh, that we needed a, a division of labor, mm. although uh, both mm-hmm. both uh, Ryan and I have liberal arts backgrounds. We're not classically educated, certainly not in our elementary and high school, but we 
we went to, we, we studied the humanities mm-hmm. um, in university. Uh, so while we're quite comfortable with certain subjects, we also recognize the need to not um, throw any of the kids under the bus any <laughs> given year because we're going to really focus on the oldest, you know, yeah. uh, literature class or whatever. So we, we recognize that um, there just, there has to be a division of labor. So we were honestly looking for what's going to work best for the other people in our community as well as ourselves. Um, how can we best serve the actual individual children? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that was uh, part, of, part of the reason why it's called Niagara Classical Academy. You know, a lot of, a lot of classical schools have classical or literary or, um, you know, Greek or Latin mm-hmm. names. And that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, called, we named it For the Place, uh, partly just to signpost that we are here mm-hmm. uh, for this region. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a uh, this is a burden that we have on our hearts uh, for the uh, the families and the community in and around Niagara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're it's called classical or it's a classical school. So give us a little bit why classical? Why this particular model? Um, mm-hmm. I heard you guys talk quite a bit. We've talked quite a bit um, that this is a really rich and rigorous way to teach your children about Christ. So how does the classical model really lend itself? to a Christian education? Mm-hmm. No, that's a very good question. Classical, that, that adjective comes from uh, the classical period of history, uh, which is uh, the Greco-Roman mm-hmm. era. And it was, uh, it was during this age uh, that we, that uh, inquiry, uh, philosophic inquiry, arts, literature, culture, broadly speaking, uh, went through a series of significant uh, leaps and bounds and developments. And in, during the classical period, yeah, art, literature, music, culture, uh, mathematics, history, mm-hmm. all of these things were in, uh, really in ascendancy. And this was also, uh, in the, it was also in this period uh, that, uh, that Christ came, uh, came to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to carry out his earthly ministry. And so in the providence of God, this education that all of the sort of better educated upper class uh, families were giving to their students, giving to their children. Like the Apostle Paul. Like the Apostle mm-hmm. Paul, for instance. Uh, and then some of several, uh, St. Augustine, mm-hmm. several of the other uh, Big names. early church fathers. <clears throat> this was the style of education that, uh, that they received. Mm-hmm. And we don't... Uh, we don't want to uh, posthumously baptize that era. Mm-hmm. That uh, that era had, for all of its uh, lots of flaws. That, that era had a lot of flaws. That slavery was rampant. Yes, um, it was just co- common um, questions about what is a person, mm-hmm. what uh, you know, uh, which is you know a man and a mm-hmm. father mm-hmm. Uh, only. Right. Yeah. Full yeah. stop. Full stop. Yeah. Uh, so there were. There were problems, there were confusions. These were non-Christian and pre-Christian mm-hmm. pagans uh, who did not know the one true God. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to uh, get anywhere close to saying that, uh, that they did. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we want to acknowledge that these questions that they were asking mm-hmm. are timeless and important 
uh, critical questions. So what does it mean to be a human mm-hmm. being? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, does it, uh, what does it mean to, uh, you know, to pursue justice? What, what is the definition of goodness, mm-hmm. of truth? Uh, these things, like th- this, this was the, the age where that kind of inquiry and uh, the, the process of seeking an answer to it was very highly prized. Mm. And uh, Augustine, who I just mentioned in particular, uh, in his book, The City of God, he, he really uh, takes the, uh, the decaying Roman Empire at the time, really takes their philosophers and theologians to task by saying and demonstrating that you have all of these high-sounding and virtuous principles, but your pantheon of gods, by your own admission, doesn't even mm-hmm. live up to it. Yes. And that shows itself you know, in you know, your debauched revels and mm-hmm. uh, festivals and right. in, in uh, you know, a lot of the ways that you actually approach the world. So you, you think and you ask uh, correctly... But you you don't act rightly, mm. and he, he recognized Christians recognize that it's because the, you can uh, all all of these important, valuable, and in many ways true uh, categories uh, were empty. Mm. Were were not filled with you know their proper content, uh, which is Christ and the example that uh, that he gives and the the unifying power of the Holy Spirit mm. to, to draw uh, all wisdom and knowledge together into something that is, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to reduce it to practical or applicable, mm-hmm. but something that actually uh, is uh, transcendent and changes, uh, makes a difference in the way that, that we actually live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I'll, just wanted to also add... Um, Although we use the term classical, um, the the methods, the the pedagogy, Mm -hmm. the ways to learn, memorization and debate and these sorts of things, those were beginning uh, throughout the classical era, um, Mm -hmm. but really not given names um, and more systematized until the medieval Mm -hmm. monks got their hands on it. That's right. Um, that's, that's, that's the model that we're going to follow. It's that's more a very, likely, that's closer a very good to. <laughs> so so we're, what we're actually doing is not following the monks. No, we're actually the, then the model. <laughs> yeah, we're moving up. But but though that the language. Yes. So um, like Ryan was saying, with the um, they're asking the right questions. Well, they're actually asking the right questions in a good way. The mm. way they're they're asking and answering or working through problems. Um, their answers. Uh, being incorrect aside, the the methods they're using to you know bring the bring the students in and discuss and and all of those things, we're actually using some of those same methods moving forward mm-hmm. as well. I also wanted to just give um, a recommendation for an introduction to classical education, a guide for parents by Dr. Christopher Perrin. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the very first thing that we read. It's a short little book. um, And I've just been looking. And I think the only way to get it in Canada, we can't get it on Amazon in Canada. 
but it's about uh, five fifty US from Christian books. Oh, so, or borrow it from a friend. And it's likely that we'll have a, a little more yeah. in depth of an uh, episode on specifically mm-hmm. what is classical. But right. we've chosen classical education because it best we think it's the best method to exalting Christ mm-hmm. and teaching a Christian worldview that it actually means something out in the real world. Mm-hmm. It's it, got practical feet. It works Correct. with the grain of how God made people. That's right. Yeah. Um, it works in line with the way God uh, designed children to grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, that's great. You've been homeschooling for about five or so years. Like, it's just, just over five. So why, and it's going well, like your kids are thriving. Um, you, they're enjoying what's happening. Uh, we see the fruit in their lives. So why the switch mm-hmm. to a day school model? You sort of hinted at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. with this division of labor, but maybe you yeah. can elaborate a little bit on that. Sure. Um, yeah, it's the, uh, again, it's, it's the division of labor. And like Rachel said, we, in our own family's uh, little silo here on our, on our own, we could do fairly well educating our own kids, uh, uh, giving them you know, a, a, a pretty robust uh, schooling at home. But we're not here just for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, like I said, we're here uh, for for the community. We have uh, a lot of dear friends who are great at uh, at lots of things, and they recognize that this uh, this part of their kids' education is too important. They mm. don't have a background in it. Their lives are not set up to be uh, to get that background mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we we want this is something. Uh, bigger than ourselves, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something for more more than ourselves, and we also again, uh, we I wanna I wanna live in a region uh, where there is a uh, a shared cultural consensus. Yes, I want to uh, I want my kids to grow up in a region and to have peers who have the same values and mm-hmm. the same sort of shared uh, stories and the same. Uh, same ideas and perspectives mm-hmm. as many of their peers, mm-hmm. because you know it's uh, it's not just us. Mm-hmm. You know, we could we could train our kids; they could mm-hmm. get reasonably good and smart, and read a lot of the right books, mm-hmm. and go out and do well in the workforce. But mm-hmm. I want that for you know I want that for dozens of other families yeah. In, yeah. that we uh, that we know. Mm-hmm. I think the truth too is is that there comes a point in every parent's education journey where you do have to outsource you cannot mm-hmm. do it all alone absolutely and the and bible actually tells us that we're not to do it on our own we're not to isolate yeah. so and it's actually that that's a really good uh, comment and that word outsource uh because no matter what maybe i'm apprehending what you were going to say yeah, but okay. uh, no matter what uh and how how closely how rigidly uh, somebody might insist on education taking place at home mm-hmm. or led by the parent you like every time you give them a workbook yeah. that mm-hmm. somebody else has published right. you are outsourcing That's right okay so the other objection that often comes up when we're talking about schooling and uh, we've heard it already lots of times as we've kind of gone into this adventure um the cost they object to the cost mm-hmm. so what would be your encouragement um, to other parents who are thinking i like this we can't afford it what would you yeah. say to them yeah, um, two things. Uh, well, several things. <laughs> we uh, 
we have always been, my family, a, a single-income family. Mm-hmm. We were married while we were still students. We, were, we had children almost right away. While you were students. While we were students. While living in Toronto. While we were living in Toronto. So we, are, uh, we have never, never been, you know, of great means in, uh, in our own family. It's been God, lean. God's been so good to us. God, God has provided faithfully. We eat food every second day. Uh, He's kidding uh, about that. Yeah. Uh, and we... We prioritized this. Mm-hmm. This was important enough to us that uh, that we sacrificed other mm-hmm. things to send our kids to uh, to the Christian school, the classical mm-hmm. Christian mm-hmm. school, and uh, and there, the re- the only reason that we could have even done that uh, is because enough people believed in the yes. vision of that school uh, to put their own kids in and share that cost burden. Yeah. And uh, even para- even people who didn't have uh, children or grandchildren in there believed in this vision, yeah. and they supported it. Mm-hmm. And that allowed for some bursary funding mm-hmm. that uh, that our family was uh, was grateful to receive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we didn't end up paying the full cost of tuition. Mm-hmm. And One... that's that's something that we are working to yes. do with uh, mm-hmm. with NCA as well. Um, one of the things that we realized. Uh, right away was that um, because we were uh, a family of little means that we couldn't afford not to give our children this kind of education. Mm -hmm. We could not afford to take them to Disney, nor would we have wanted to, but that's a different podcast. (laughs) Read last week's recommendation on (laughs) that Disney book. Uh, No, but we, we realized um, and believed and have already seen fruit in that direction and are still trusting for what the fruit we have not yet seen because of the age of our kids. But we believe that this really is an education that best sets them up to have the wisdom to mm. handle wealth and to not lose it in yes. a generation yeah. and to actually um, multiply fruit for the kingdom and for their own, for our, our children's children's children. Um, so we realized how essential it was that this sort of the, this humanity study, the, the study of, uh, of people, people in light of scripture centered on Christ is the best foundation for future business owners. Mm-hmm. And there are, we don't, we are, we are certainly not looking at it um, pragmatically, but there is actually now there are enough classically educated kids more so in the US than Canada who now have gone on and who are now out earning their um, public school peers for sure. But, but those who are not receiving this kind of education because they know how to look at something, they have the tools to approach everything. So whether it is in the sciences or any other field, they are actually out earning Um, they're, they're everybody else's bosses. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. Um, and then I just wanted to, I remember actually reading this verse very early on talking to somebody in a similar situation who couldn't believe we would, we would sacrifice so much to send our kids to school. Um, Psalm 37, 25, I've been young and now I'm old yet. I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his Mm. descendants begging for bread. Mm. And I just thinking of thinking of we, 
we heard about this, we had this conviction that we must not just give our children a Christian education, but the best one yes. we can provide them. And we're willing to sacrifice to do that. And God has been continually faithful to that. So there are lots of things that we we still can't do or don't have, but God has provided so abundantly more than we would have expected in ways we were not expecting. Um, so just not not to be all name it and claim it here, but um, just f- from our in our own experience, and we're still in the midst of this journey. But we have we have always given it back to the Lord and mm-hmm. said, okay, if this is what you want us to do, you you're gonna have to make mm-hmm. it happen. And He always has. We mm-hmm. our children have never gone hungry. We've always had what we've needed, mm-hmm. um, and we just it's so evident that. It was never up to us anyway, mm. um, even if we had great big pocketbooks, um, it wouldn't have been. It's it's the Lord's money. So mm-hmm. there are lots of ways it is. Um, we really, we, we certainly don't want finances to be the only reason. If somebody, the family really believes this is the best education mm-hmm. for their children and they understand that and they're trusting the Lord and they're willing to do whatever it takes to make this happen. There are so many, so many ways um, to, to get this education for their children. Mm-hmm. I'm the, I'm the fruit of um, a Christian school education and my, I grew up in a one income home as well. But I look at my parents now and I think they would never take back mm-hmm. the investment and the generosity that they showed to me and my two sisters and a brother Um Hi guys, um, the, the the generosity that they showed to us in giving us that education, even if um, mm-hmm. it wasn't a classic classical education, but the fact that they said this was important and they put their money where their mouth was, that spoke to us as kids, and I think it's affected us as adults. And so, mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, I would say don't let don't let you're looking at your budget and you're going, how can we make this happen? Like, yeah. it's actually not as big as you think it is. Yeah, and mm-hmm. God is amazing in providing those those resources mm-hmm. so yeah and oh. i would just say uh, on the uh for those who who homeschool uh, mm. because of the cost or right. because of the lower cost uh so i mean fair enough this is this is going to be more this, oh, you're going to yeah. pay more than you will for homeschool but it's not like you're you're doing that for free yeah so you're, you're also getting exponentially more because you have more people speaking into your child's education and where you are, maybe you gifted in a particular area and it's very exciting and you're very passionate about it. Every subject that your children gets, or your child gets, will have teachers. Like there's no, there, there's kind of an additional um, investment and an additional mm-hmm. resource of people that you're getting with that that investment that you're putting in towards Mm -hmm. as well as a community of other parent, like-minded parents. And, um, yeah, just the, the quality of the, the friendships and community and fellowship that we experienced in those early years at Westminster Mm. classical, um, those, that is, um, that ended up being far more valuable Mm. than I bargained for going in. Yeah. Well, we are very much out of time, but let me ask you one last question because at this point it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. What are, Let's except say somebody's it. listening to this and they're going, I'm, I'm interested, I'm interested in either sending my kids to the school, I'm interested mm-hmm. in investing in this um, venture. Um, what would you recommend? What are some next steps for, for those people? 
yeah, I would recommend that you reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. um, our website is niagaraclassical.com. You can email us at info at niagaraclassical.com. Uh, you can email me at headmaster at niagaraclassical.com. And there's a contact you, page too. There's on a contact website. page right mm -hmm. there. Where you can uh, all of this is if you're not writing all this down. <laughs> yeah, you and, can also stop yeah. us if you see us in the street <laughs> or jump in the road and <laughs> stop our vehicle. Maybe not on the highway. Though. <laughs> <laughs> we don't drive on the highway. We live in the country. And uh, <laughs> and you you can uh, actually this is uh, this is really providential recording this now. We just heard today that we have received oh, yes, our right. uh, charitable donations. So you can get okay. some of your money back. <laughs> so if, uh, if you are somebody who wants to invest in classical Christian education for you know, the next generation, mm -hmm. uh, you, can, uh, you can make a tax-deductible donation. You can email uh, e-transfer uh, by writing give at niagaraclassical.com. Mm -hmm. And we'll have links for all of these uh, in the notes below. Well, there's a lot more we can say about Niagara Classical, and maybe we'll give an update as we get closer. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that's all for now. Um, yep. We're a good half an hour in, and, you know, good lunch break. <laughs> and there's the bell. So we will wish you happy reading and uh, connect with us if you're interested. This bell is utterly arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go.